Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. Two of the founding members of the Alterity Chamber Orchestra, Natalie and Beatrice, talk about the new group, their background, and more. This episode is brought to you by Lawn Hair. Have some unsightly brown patches of grass in your yard? How do your neighbors stand it? Sure, you could start a feud, or you can order lawn hair to fix the problem. Unlike sod or seeds, lawn hair instantly turns your brown upside down into green. With our patented delivery system, we spray fiberglass that was stained to match the exact shade of your lawn, like magic. As long as no one breathes during installation or walks on or near the new grass, ever. You'll have the best lawn on the block, and that may be a guarantee. Schedule your lawn hairdo at toacertaindegree.com. Rachel's on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was a little ditty called Second Self-Portrait Series, and it was really good. Good morning. My name is Nick. I am here every Monday from 7 to 9 on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I'm here with some very special guests. I have been looking forward to this interview for quite a while now uh, because I think that people who play music are magical because I cannot do it for whatever reason. And so I've got Natalie Grata and Beatriz Ramirez-Belt here. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, hold on. Let's make sure we have your mic. Let's try that again, Beatrice. Good morning. Oh, no, that one's not working. No. I'm doing this whole interview now. We're just going to be interviewing Natalie. I'm going to peep over from my... <laughs> yeah, could you just chime in and do the color commentary every yeah. once in a while? That'd be great. <laughs> And, uh, okay, so let's see. Beatrice is here? Yes. Yes. Very good. We've got it. See, we, we're all professionals Hooray. here. And that was very seamless. What we'll do is cut that completely out of the podcast. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. We'll leave that in because that's how people know that <laughs> we're human. Real. Yeah, that's how they know. So good morning to you guys. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. And so what, uh, what I usually don't do is have multiple guests on. So thank you both very much for being here. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to try to do so- today is something a little bit different, is try to figure out who's my favorite by the end. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to be scoring. Uh, Natalie, if you can get right up on that microphone. All so right. that's a negative, negative two sorry. for Natalie. Already that's behind. Uh, what I did take a look at, though, was your initials. Because um, I'm trying to think of not only what you do uh, on the show, but also what you do outside of the show. And so your initials, Natalie, are the same as mine. Oh. So I give you two points for that. Perfect. Uh, Beatrice, uh, BRB, that's so fun. Or I give you a point because oh, it's not quite as good as my <laughs> initials, True. but still fun. So uh, again, thank you guys for being here. Alterity Chamber Orchestra, we'll be talking a little bit more about that. You've got a big concert coming up on the 26th and a lot of other concerts as well. But the 26th is sort of the debut of the entire chamber orchestra. Is that right? Correct. Correct. 16 uh, instruments, everybody there. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And that space over at Factor is a really fun space as well. So I think it's going to sound really good in there. Yeah. I have played video games in there. I've made stuff in there. And now I'm going to hear great classical music. Did you music. play the giant video game? Yeah, 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 I did. Oh, yeah. So cool. It's reach it. very cool. <laughs> I have incredibly large hands. Oh, got it. Yeah, see? Yeah. Wow. Okay, great. Uh, so I don't know you guys at all. I mean, I know Natalie a little bit from our interactions at Foxtail Coffee, uh, but for the most part, neither one of you very well. So we're going to get to know you guys a little bit better, get you warmed up for a full interview by playing a quick game. 
Okay. Uh, and so this is 20 questions. Normally what you would do is say yes or no to something, but I don't like doing that. So we're going to play a game called Frank or Beans. Perfect. So if you're for something, you would say Frank. And if you're against something, you would say Beans, which may not be your natural inclination. Yeah. You may love Beans. It's fine. <laughs> beans. But being frank generally is important, mm -hmm. right? You want to be honest with people. You want to be no nonsense, even if it hurts, especially if it hurts. Okay. You yeah. want to tell them what's up. Uh, beans, now, as far as I can tell, are not a magical fruit at all. Or a musical <laughs> fruit, I mean. Not magical. It might be magical. And I often get uh, uh, tr uh, tricked into trading things for magical beans. Oh, man. And so I'm not a big fan of magical beans. So that's what that is. So Frank or beans. Okay. okay. You guys ready? You got it? Yes. Yes. Okay. iPhone X. Have you seen that? I have. What do you think? Frank or beans? I think Frank, but not for me. Not for you, how come? You're not an early adopter, or is it the facial recognition stuff that spooks you out? I just, I like the, the fingerprint thing. I yeah. don't want to use my face. I feel like they tried doing that in Android a while ago with, like, the eye scrolling thing, and it oh, never yeah. worked quite well for me. Yeah. And I guess, like, they should have the technology now to make it great, but I just, I don't know. Like, I'm not against the face thing. Like, I use Snapchat all the time. So, I don't know. Natalie, how do you feel? I have no prior information to this. Okay. But beans. Beans. You're just not for it. Why get another phone? You've got, yeah. and it looks like you have an Android, too. I do. So, I'm down with the Android. I'm good with that. Okay. Very good. How about voicemail? Speaking of phones and things that you do on your phones. Beans. Beans. Beans, beans all the way. Okay. Yeah. Just don't even bother leaving it or... If it's important, either call me back or text me. Okay. I leave a voicemail if I don't, if like the person might not have my number. So like, because yeah. so I don't answer people if I don't have their number. So like a voicemail right. in that sense is kind of helpful. But if you really, really need to tell me something, like text me. Just yeah. text okay. it. Right. So much easier. How about colonizing Mars? Do you want to be the first chamber orchestra on Mars? Mm. Ooh. Can I get back from Mars? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take two years, but yeah, yeah you can get back. Cool. That'd yeah. be fine. Yeah, I think uh, a brief stay. I don't want to live on Mars. Don't want to like, yeah. die on Mars. Do you think it's important for us to colonize Mars in general, not just you going because you guys are obviously, oh. you know, want to see a red planet? Why I not? Think so. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Seems cool. Yeah. So you guys are frank. exploring new horizons. I'm frank on it happening. Kind of beans on me going. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, Frank, go beans, not me. Okay. Yes. Got it. I agree with that. Very good. Uh, Instagram versus Snapchat. Which do you prefer better? So Instagram, Frank or Beans? Frank. Frank, like that. And how about Snapchat? Frank. I like Snapchat. I don't partake. Okay. And do you find one over the other, like in terms of benefiting your interactions or being more valuable uh, for your interactions with people? I think I like Snapchat a bit more. It's a yeah. bit like more... When I use it, I just snap specific people. And then I feel like I'm actually like doing something with someone versus just posting like on my Instagram page. Oh, and then waiting for people yeah. to look at it. Yeah. It's more of an interaction versus Instagram, which is... Like a gallery. Chronicling? Is that a word? Yeah. Your life? Okay, great. It's, it's words with <laughs> Nick, Beatrice, and Natalie today. Uh, very good. Uh, zombies. How do you feel about zombies, Frank or Beans? Beans. Beans? Ooh. So let's go. I, I do like my brains in my head, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say beans. Okay. As well. So what about as a storytelling device? Beans. Beans. You're not into not any zombies. of that stuff. 
Mm, neutral. Neutral? Yeah. Okay. Very good. You like White Walkers, though. It's kind of like a zombie. Oh, I haven't gotten that far. Mm. Oh, no spoilers. <laughs> okay. Everyone is everyone's dad. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I have kind of gotten that. Yeah. That's. Oh, uh, what are we talking about? Star Wars? No. Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> Got it. Uh, Walmart has recently announced that they're going to do something new. They're going to do grocery delivery, which they have been doing. But they're going to offer an option where they will come into your house. Obviously, you're going to have to give them a key. And they'll put the groceries away for you. How do you feel about that, Frank or Beans? Beans. Ooh, beans. No? <laughs> Hard beans. <laughs> Hard beans, like dried out, been sitting out for a long time. You can't Unsaturated even reconstitute them. beans, yes. No, okay. No. Yeah. A little creepy, a little too much? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like like serial killer like waiting to happen. Like yeah. some guy just gets a job at Walmart to deliver stuff yeah. and <laughs> just like smell your pillow. It's too much. Why your pillow? <laughs> smell your pillow whenever they come and deliver your food. Because no, no, no. Like I know you. when they're smelling it. <laughs> I get that. That wasn't the part that I was confused about. Why are they smelling your pillow? I mean, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> That's so, just where my brain has went. All, like, okay. The drool and the hair. And- yeah. <laughs> I'm just, okay, so when you go to people's houses, maybe you don't know them that well. I mean, that's what I do whenever yeah. I go to strangers' houses. So yeah, I some people imagine. root through the medicine cabinet, try to figure out what the person is like from their medicine cabinet. Yeah, you're and going, you're just inviting that in. You're doing sense of smell, though. That's how you get to know people. Well, it's like yeah. unsupervised entry, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you go to someone's house and smell their pillow, but if you're alone in their house, maybe. Yeah. It's possible. Can you get right up on that mic? Yes. I want to be able to hear you because right now you're still in the lead. <laughs> and Dang. there's another reason for that. So I'll tell you why, because I'm team double read. Oh. Uh, I did play oboe for nice. a year in middle school and it I was not great. And so I did not continue with that. I don't that. know if anyone's great in middle school. You, no one's yeah. great in middle school. Well, yeah. I think all the middle schoolers are listening and going, I, I'm pretty great. Well, I mean, not at individuals. Oboe. Yeah. Yeah. But, maybe but not, not at, at Yeah. Maybe yeah. not at oboe. Especially if you're just starting an instrument. If you're just so. starting. Yeah. I get it if you're like three and you start. And there were like four of us. Like I was third chair. There was nothing about my ego that was being. <laughs> uh, and, and the kid who was fourth chair was really terrible. He's just chewing on his reeds. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. He was always stuck up his nose. It was. Yeah. So I was like, I, I'm not doing anything right as far as this goes. Okay. Moving on, soda tax and raising the age on cigarettes. How do you feel about that? Some states and some cities have actually taxed, have started taxing sodas and then raising the age on uh, cigarettes as well. Frank or beans? Ooh. Well, I feel like I don't buy either, so yeah, it actually I affects me. I feel like it sucks if you drink soda and smoke cigarettes. So it doesn't affect you, but do you feel like it's a good way to regulate, to make people think about being healthier or anything along those lines? So Franker Beans as a uh, as a device to help people. Yeah, if like soda tax money went to like schools. Yeah. And tax it. But it yeah. actually goes to sugar production, but yeah. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what it goes to. <laughs> this goes back to the sugar mill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't Mexico just... Uh, an act of tax on soda as well. Oh, I don't know. Uh, so California's been talking about it. New York City, I think, did it. They like limited sizes and stuff in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah. A couple of other happening. things. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think I would 
be okay with it just because personally I don't buy them. So yeah, it doesn't affect, doesn't affect me. You. But I think the size limit is a good bridge would be a good bridge before adding a tax. I like the size limit is just like sensible. Like you could yeah. probably still get refills, I imagine. It's just the cup is smaller so you don't get right. like a so giant have, in the yeah, beginning. The tub. Yeah. Yeah. The Child. Massive yeah. <laughs> Child size like in yeah, parks yeah. and rec. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, technology coming our way uh, should be here relatively soon. Orlando is going to be a test bed for it. Driverless cars. Frank. Oh, Frank. really? They're coming here? Yeah, they're doing a yeah. test uh, track, actually, out okay. in Lake County. So they're going to be testing like it out school. there. Yeah. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that really pretty one you can see off I 4 Cool. Yeah. yeah, Frank. So you're for it? Beatrice, Frank. oh, you for it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you like best about it? And then, are there any sort of worries that you have around it? I think if they could eventually alleviate traffic, because mm -hmm. traffic is usually just yeah. pointless. Like it's really nothing that happens, or there's like a small accident on the side, and then you have like this huge backup. Like if a smart car could figure yeah. that out and Cut just out avoid human it. error, and you could also probably read a book. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Read yeah. a book. Yeah. I mean, there is the chance with robot overlords happening oh, eventually or if your car gets hacked like yeah oh yeah like the, oh i don't know why i get so excited about that oh yeah so never mind just never pretend i never did that, that especially on the radio my brain just went to you know dystopian future where robots are in charge but Oh, hacking I look forward could to be, that hacking could be bad i just want the robots to be in charge just they're coming from somewhere if it's our cars, then fine. And we all turn into the Disney Cars movie. It's fine. If it could only be so nice. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone seemed to get along very well. Uh, how about cursive? So they're starting to teach it again in schools. Did you guys learn it in school? And how do you feel about it in general? Pretty frank about it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. It's a useful skill. Yeah. I learned it in mm -hmm. elementary school for a couple Wait, years. Wait, it's a useful school skill? Yeah. For what? For handwriting. It looks nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So making a... bad news seem nicer. Yeah. Well, it's like a At little more uniform. Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. yeah. I think print, it can kind of go any way. Like you might do that little like line with your A or you might just make a loopy A. Ooh, true. But cursive, an A is an A. Kind of. Yeah, I guess it is pretty standard. Because right, you can't lift your pencil. Yeah. Never. I think you're not supposed to, unless you're supposed to, like, go, that's how I was taught. You go through the whole word, and then, like, at the end, you, yeah. like, cross your uh, okay. T's and dot your I's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it. Uh, okay, how about sandwiches? Frank or beans? Ooh. We've got some struggling here with sandwiches. <laughs> Usually people are pretty pro-sandwiches. I don't really eat sandwiches very I do like often. Me. But I do like, yeah, Frank. Frank, yeah. Frank uh, a reluctant Frank. When I, I, when I eat sandwiches, I enjoy them. I just don't eat sandwiches very You're often. the most interesting sandwich in the world. I don't always eat sandwiches, but when I do, yes. I enjoy them. Always peanut butter and jelly. Always, that's your favorite? <laughs> sure. No, what is your favorite sandwich? Oh, uh, ooh. Favorite mm. sandwich to make for yourself and then favorite sandwich oh. somebody makes for you. I guess I do wraps more than actual, like, bread sandwiches. Okay. But I guess that could be a subcategory of sandwich. I think we're still going to do that. We're not going to go so far as to say taco is a sandwich, let's say. Hamburger is a sandwich. I could see that. Hamburger Ooh. is a sandwich. Yeah, yeah like never mind. Hamburger. Scratch that. Hamburger. 100%. Hamburger. Okay. Hamburger to make for myself. And then a Boston's combination bon me that someone makes for me. Okay. Uh, Very nice. All right. Good. 
How do you guys feel about the beach, Frank or Beans? Frank. Frank. Pretty Beans, because I get burnt. Yeah. Like, really badly. Can bring an umbrella? Yeah, I know. I just never think about it. Every single time I've gone to the beach, which which is not very often, I get burnt. You get sunburned. Terribly. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I like going to parks more. All right. Where's some shade? Yeah. Yeah. Walking around in the trees or yes, under the just trees? In the trees? just in the trees, climbing up the trees, tree to just tree, hugging the trees. Yeah, it's all hugging about them. the trees. Yeah, she's a big tree hugger, Beatrice. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. okay, all right, very good, good to know. And you do like the beach? You go like going in the water? You like the sand? Because I, I feel like going so far in the water. Okay, but still in the water. I, I feel like we have some people. I have some people on where they're like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely for the beach. And then, you know, you start listing off some of the stuff and they're like, oh, no, I just like looking at it. Or I like that it's there. I don't like swimming in the ocean. I like the idea of the beach. Sure. We all like the idea of the beach, but do you like going? Yeah, that's the question I have for people. Tiny houses. Speaking of things we like the idea of, but maybe not actually. And Frank, both. Definitely Frank. So you would live in one. Pretty much live in a tiny house right now. Okay. With your husband? Oh, that sounds... It's like a mother-in-law suite. It's very small. Oh, okay. So not with your mother-in-law, though. No, no. Okay. That would be really weird. She's cool, though. Yeah, but I'm sure she is, but until you live with somebody... She yeah. is a very nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy her company and also her cooking. <laughs> Dot com. Okay. Uh, so let's go to dessert. We talked about sandwiches. Let's go to dessert now. How about cobbler? How do you feel about cobbler? Beans. Beans. Frank. Okay. Why don't you like uh, or care for a cobbler? I'm Beatrice? not too big on fruit in my dessert. Mm-hmm. I either yeah. like to eat fruit or dessert. Okay, so no pie for you or no apple pie, no, no I don't cherry like pie. Apple pie. A pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie, which is. I will eat. Yeah. No, I don't just, like pumpkin pie. Because it's like fruit. pureed and like not, I don't know. I'm going like to give you guys both a couple points because you're not afraid to disagree, which I like. <laughs> so I think that's important. Perfect. So very nice. And you guys are learning a lot about each other, too. Yeah. So do you have any questions that you'd like to ask each other while we're on the air? So really put the other person on the spot. Why don't you like pumpkin pie? I don't. Is it a texture thing or is it the flavor? Do you not like pumpkin? No, I think it's it's a combination of everything. I'm not a fan of the flavor. I try pumpkin pie every year at Thanksgiving because my mom makes it and it smells so good every year. And I'm like... This will be the year that I now enjoy pumpkin pie. And I try it and it's still a no. I appreciate that you try it every year. It's like though. That's Groundhog's really cool. Day, but yeah. with pumpkin pie. Do you slather on some like whipped cream or oh, something? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that doesn't even help. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Interesting. I don't, I don't know why. All right. So that's the pumpkin pie. Do you have any, uh, Natalie, do you have a question for Beatrice? Mm. Dessert related or other? I find it pretty fascinating you don't like fruit and desserts. I think is it just hot fruit is kind of bums you out? I think so. But I do like like caramelized pears. I don't know. It's weird. Well, who doesn't? Ooh, yeah. Those yeah. are quite delicious. Yeah, now I'm starving. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to be thinking about. Where can I get some for lunch? So what? what those, is your ideal know. dessert then? It's usually just very chocolatey. Mm. All right. I can respect that. So brownies and... Yeah. If I'm going to have a dessert, I'm going to go full in. Yeah. Go dessert. all in. Yeah. Until I don't want to eat dessert anymore. Yeah. Perfect. Then still don't have... So you start with dessert then? Yes. Yeah. 
No, that's a good idea. All right, very good. Well, thank you for that. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more alterity uh, about music, about hats. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, yeah. we're all wearing hats today, which I think is really great. I, you know, I sent that memo out that you guys mm-hmm. were, it's a hat day okay. at the radio station. Yeah. And so I think we would look really good. I think the bowler was a bold choice. Thanks. Uh, and I think the, uh, it's really like a more of a Kentucky Derby hat that you're wearing, Natalie. And so I really feel like we should have some one mint juleps. I tried to go with a mixture of a 10 gallon and just an umbrella. Yeah. So, you know, so you're going I, to the beach I, later. I, I, I might. Today's a big day, so may as well just kind of go for it. Very nice. Well, let's hear a little uh, Andrew Bird. Are you guys familiar with Andrew Bird? Yes. I love Andrew Bird. Very good. We're going to hear Dark Matter here on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. True location. Andrew Bird on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Dark Matter. And he poses a really good question there. You're listening to a certain degree. By the way, my name is Nick. Natalie and Beatrice are here from Alterity Chamber Orchestra. Good morning again. Good morning. Hello. Where does the soul reside? Is it in, the in mind, your head right? or between your sides? It's in your head? I think so. Beatrice is going mind. for in your head? Yeah, I would agree Okay. With that. All right, good. So you both scored the same there. Keeping score <laughs> right now, uh, let me just sum it up real quick. Uh, if you're listening, we're doing something new with uh, two guests. I have to have a favorite. Obviously, at the end of the show. So I'm keeping score. Uh, You guys did both very well in the Frank or Beans round. Uh, I agreed with uh, Natalie about the beach. And I agreed with Beatrice just about everything else. Uh, Again, because you play oboe. Dang. And so did I. Clarinet. No, I'm just kidding. Clarinet's a wonderful instrument. I didn't know in fifth grade that I would be here. (laughs) (laughs) How did you not know that? How did you not picture yourself here in fifth grade (laughs) on the radio in a basement, uh, which is the safest place. <laughs> and so what we're at right now is Beatrice is only ahead by one point. So very nice. So it's still plenty of time to catch up. Perfect. Natalie, you really, really need to be nicer to me, though. <laughs> I'm just saying possibly that's a thing. Uh, chamber orchestra, true or false? Social media is an important aspect of promoting alterity, chamber orchestra, your events, and more. True. True. Yes, that is correct. Nice. So yeah. I'll give you some points there in a second for that. <laughs> so I, I wrote, went ahead and wrote up some hashtags for you guys or just tried some out okay. to see what would trend this weekend. Uh, and so I know you're not on Twitter as Alterity, but you are on Instagram. So you can use, uh, obviously, some hashtags there. So I tried out hashtag Alterity Chamber Orchestra. It's very long, yeah. mm-hmm. though, so it'll never work for Twitter. Uh, I didn't really like the uh, initials. So mm-hmm. hashtag ACO could mean a lot of different things uh what i went with uh, bear with me here the first two letters of each of the words alterity chamber orchestra so what you have is alcor not good okay yeah because what you have there is some sort of uh uh inebriated yeah woman of the night or something like that oh Um, no so i went with a few more letters uh in each and what i got was alter chamb orc okay like that. Mm. I like that. But this is the one I like the best. Uh, Chorka. Chamber orchestra, alterity at the end, which is fun. It also sounds like a churro shaped like an orca. Oh, yeah. So, Chorka. Oh. I think we just have to have those made and bring them to the events. Yes. Hashtag Chorka. We're going to make some shirts? Hashtag Chorka. Okay, we'll make a some shirts up. 
Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There was one more. I, I like this one, too, because I think this speaks to the style and how you're going to deliver the music. It's ch Chamorche. So it's just a little bit from each of the words, uh, chamber and orchestra. And it sounds like trebuchet, which is, it of does. course, a, uh, a catapult, Yeah. which is how I believe you deliver the music. It's like shirt design. a very aggressive way to <laughs> deliver the music. So there you go. I'll send those over to you. Feel free to use any of them. Thanks. And uh, yeah, so let me ask you guys this, uh, Natalie and Beatrice, Oboe and Clarinet from the uh, Alterity Chamber Orchestra. How did this come up? What were you guys doing when you said, okay, you sat down and said, you know what this town needs? A chamber orchestra. I think that's what happened. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, we had played together with some uh, Accidental Music Festival. I think we were yeah. Ensemble AMF. We played, or was it the Marathon? I'm not sure when we first played. It was last year, I think. Yes. So had you known each other before that, or was it just last year that you met? <laughs> I think it was last year. Like we might have um, met before. We met two. When did when was Eric here for his audition? Because I, I met you guys at Wills. Whenever oh, you yeah, performed, yeah, yeah. That, so that was two years ago. Yeah. So I initially met Chris and Beatrice at Wills Pub um, when I play with Orlando Phil uh, fairly frequently as a sub. Um, and they were doing a music director search, uh, might've been three years ago, actually. Okay. I'm really um, time. And he, Eric Jacobson, our music director mm -hmm. currently, he was here for his audition week and, um, ended up playing with Chris and Beatrice, yeah. other ensemble, ensemble AMF at Will's Pub. Uh, and I ended up going to see their performance which was great, by the way, because there was the typical Will's Pub uh, audience. Crowd, and yeah. then All the right next to them <laughs> were the typical Orlando Phil patrons. So there were women in pantsuits and pearls yep. next to next guys in dirty pants, pants and, and pearls. Yeah. yeah, dirty pants and hipster hats. It was great. Um, so I ended up meeting Chris and Beatrice there and then kind of kept in contact with them and then got to know them a little bit more over the past few right. years. And then there was like sort of a window where the, there was a chamber orchestra, a contemporary chamber orchestra and they had closed. Yes. But they're also back. So now there's yes. two chamber orchestras in oh. Orlando. <laughs> Both and focusing on contemporary music okay. in a different yeah, kind different of forms. venue. Very interesting. venue. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you guys met and started chatting, hanging out, like mm -hmm. fast friends, like Fast and the Furious, but with uh, music. Exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, who's the Vin Diesel? And we, you mentioned Chris, Beatrice, that's your husband, Chris Belt. Correct. Who plays uh, guitar and is artistic director or musical director over at Timaqua. I think it's Executive. Executive. Yeah, executive. executive director. Thank you yeah. very much. He's not here, uh, so I don't feel so like I have to get details right. <laughs> Whatever make we want. Right? Yeah, so he is a professional assassin. Perfect. So if anybody's looking for he him. He also teaches theory at Valencia. Christopher Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, assassin theory. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I would take that class. Um, <laughs> no reason other than I wanted to, you know, just learn more about it. So you guys fast and furious right into chamber orchestra or was this like a year in the making? How did that come about? It was just like some talk about like, let's start a chamber orchestra. Yeah, then in we, January, we just kind of went in. We met up 
in December of last year mm-hmm. um, for coffee after we we had all texted about like doing something and then somehow creating a chamber orchestra kind of came up in the text conversation and then we met up for coffee and just kind of naturally just did go full the, in yeah huh? naturally just go full yeah. in like, oh, yeah just, just, just kind of had a bunch of ideas thrown at paper and then kind of went for it from there so it's been kind of a fast process if you think about it yeah because our first concert that we put on was in april Mm -hmm. so turnaround time was pretty 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 quick quick. Mm -hmm. so what was it about a chamber orchestra specifically because i would imagine there were a number of other conversations a number of other ideas that were on the table as far as stuff that you could do or was it just laser focused on chamber orchestra and either way why why did you decide that it was something that you wanted to do and it was something that orlando needed i think it was pretty laser focused on chamber orchestra okay we, we have, didn't really consider. Yeah, we have already have ensembles that can kind of just like come together and play music yeah. and stuff. So like it was like, why not do the full chamber orchestra? And then it's a lot of the same people we would have used in smaller yeah. groups. So it's just getting them together in bigger yeah. groups. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the main goal. Yeah. So why did you think Orlando needed something along those lines? It just fills a, a gap. Uh, like you have a large professional orchestra, you have these small chamber groups, but you don't necessarily get to hear a lot of these contemporary pieces for this size ensemble. Um, it's like not something mm-hmm. that I think the Phil's actually doing like with just the contemporary focus on a, like a 16 piece size. And it's harder yeah. to just one off a 16 piece ensemble. If you're like just working with usually with like five or six people mm-hmm. to go from that to like, Oh, how am I going to pay 16 people to do this gig? Yeah. Um, so if you have that in mind, you can budget for it and, and get that accomplished. And it's just, an interesting, it's like not so big that you can't do it in an intimate space, but it's large enough that it's not something you would do in your living room. So you should go out and like go see it. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, well, and it also gives the music a little more gravity, right? When you have that many instruments yeah. and it, it yeah. really lends, not that it doesn't, when you have a smaller group, you can really play around with it and give it some interesting context. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the other thing that we use is describe music context texture? and texture. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes. And because it's the same word, essentially, except with two letters different. And I couldn't <laughs> think of it. Wow. It's early. Yeah. It is early. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Then how often do you guys uh, expect to be playing on a regular basis? With the full orchestra, mm-hmm. I think this we're striving for about two performances yeah. of that a year. Our, okay. our first season, we're going to be doing two full ensemble concerts and then uh, smaller mm-hmm. pieces exactly. here and there yeah and we'll talk a little bit about some of the events you have coming up but the october 26th is the big one that's the Correct. debut of the full uh orchestra and that's going to be over at factor yes i can't wait for that but you're also playing on the 21st or some of the members of alterity are playing on the 21st at Correct. the creative city project yes yes and so how many members are going to be there Ooh, that one's a little more open. seven or eight I believe right now I have confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Could be more. Could and be then less. if more people from, we'll be having rehearsals for our 26th concert around that time too. So. Oh, so you might have a couple other yeah, people show up. Yeah, some people want to hang, hang out, out and yeah. play downtown. Why jam. Not? Yeah. Not really. It's not really a jam band kind of thing. Well, this the, one, piece, the piece yeah. that we are performing kind of is. 
Well, tell me about that. So when you say contemporary composers, I think, you know, one of the things I like to do when I have people on is, is learn more about what they do, mm -hmm. right? So something, and then find people specifically that I don't know anything about. So I've had a choreographer on, I've had multiple writers on, you know, things that I, I think I know, you know, I know it from pop culture and I think I know it based on that, but really from a, from a classical music uh, point of view and also a contemporary point of view, what is going on? Are there still a lot of people writing for classical music and why did you choose uh, contemporary composers? There are some, a lot of people writing for classical music. Yeah. Um, and also like crosses over a bit into like a pop rock world. Mm -hmm. um, the piece we're doing at Immerse is, uh, it's like an open instrumentation piece, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. It has a groove built into it. It has these like cells and it's pretty much written out like almost like a, it's like a piano score pretty <clears throat> much. Yeah. So you have the chords built in and the rhythms uh, for each line kind of go through. So you can choose and play pretty much like yeah. so you have some some like treble notes you have bass notes it's kind of a choose your own adventure yeah type okay. piece there's a general there's a structure to it. to it um so no two performances would be the same yeah mm -hmm. oh, okay very cool and it's like kind of like you choose the length of how long you want to hold something or before you move on to the next section it's mm -hmm. just kind of based on the group and is so, it is it kind of like a jazz structure where you go in and you play everything a couple of times and then people go into solos almost? Or how does that work exactly? There are some free sections, but generally a lot of it is written out. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like there's cues that you can have to move on to another section. There's like some things have to be played a certain amount of times, but you can do them more um, if you'd like to, like just to hold out an area and you can kind of switch up parts and there's like little like accents you can do. Like there's a part where someone can break out and like do like a high squeal and then like just kind of lead into this other thing. And there's just different aspects that you can add or take away from it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we're like, we don't know exactly how many people will show up, but probably yeah. around seven. Wow. Because so we can't add more. How do you choose or how do you throw things to a person or how does somebody indicate that they want to play a certain section or they want to do something a little bit more during the course of that uh, piece? I think they just kind of go for it. If it yeah. feels like it'll fit. Yeah. Then I, th I think you just it oh, will wow. be it will be conducted. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that visual cue for everyone to kind of know where. Oh, okay, we're at. to come back to something um, or something. Yeah. So there there are like big section cues, mm -hmm. landmark cues, um, and then you just kind of move around until you hit that next landmark cue. So if the conductor is, and I always put myself in, in the shoes of somebody and think about if I'm mad mm -hmm. and the conductor is angry with somebody, they'll just, he'll, he or she will just keep going back to them and making them keep going yes. until they're exhausted or until they can't think yeah, of anything else. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. It's like that, uh, what was that movie with the jazz ensemble and the really mean guy was. Oh, uh, man. That just came out. Whiplash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty neat. I was like, I want to be that guy. Is that wrong? A little bit. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about this. Does that, is that for somebody uh, who plays something that is, I, I would say, relatively structured as far as classical music goes? You have some choices that you can make, but for the most part, it's, it's all written out, mm -hmm. right? Is something like that stressful or does that, you look at something like that and you go, oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I can't wait to do that. I find it more fun. Because it's not like you have to just go out and improvise, which is also fun, but mm -hmm. 
terrifying if you don't do it very often. Yeah. And then you're just like all of a sudden on the spot. That's what I would think. Because yeah. it's the same for, you know, getting up on stage lines versus completely mm-hmm. improving something. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's quite enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. yeah. The guidelines help. Yes. And the little as, bit of freedom is nice. As they always do. Mm-hmm. Well, let's listen to a song. Thank you very much for walking me through that. We're going to talk a lot more about uh, the events that you have coming up. And I want to dig in a little bit more about uh, music and how you uh, approach it and things like that. But let's listen to some air. Uh, The band, not just, you know, nothing. (laughs) Dead air. Dead air for a little bit. uh, Uh, Performing John Cage. (laughs) This will be the intro. It's 20 minutes. You'll love it. I'm just kidding. Uh, so we'll play some air. Uh, this is, what is this talisman on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida? Are you listening to a certain degree? Air with talisman on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Beatrice, Natalie are here on to a certain degree. Or they're here to a certain degree. No, you guys are really here. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm fully here. Yeah, okay. Not fully awake, but fully here. Yeah, fully here. And so uh, Beatrice plays oboe. One of uh, the instruments that I lean towards just because I try to play it sometimes. And Natalie, clarinet. Yeah. It's pretty cool, I guess, if you're, you know, you can't handle a double read, single read. I, I can't. Clarinets are great. Totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to learn more about was uh, being a classical musician. Um, and so the first thing I wanted to ask is obviously I want to put labels on people without making sure it's the right one. But do you consider yourselves classical musicians, musicians, uh, how would you, if somebody was to ask you what you do and what you focused on, how would you describe yourselves? I'd say classical musician. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I generally say classical musician okay. whenever people ask. And just like a lot of musicians, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned earlier that I get a lot of my understanding of the world from, you know, pop culture, movies, TV shows, but from a music side, it's mostly on the pop side or maybe the jazz side. I kind of understand what goes into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from a classical musician standpoint, for the most part, you guys are part-time musicians. Like you have a job uh, also that helps support you while you wait for gigs to come up. One thing that Natalie and I were talking about earlier that I didn't realize is uh, you would be professional musicians, so you get paid for rehearsals. Mm-hmm. which I, I didn't know that. That's something that's uh, new to me. Um, what about uh, the other things that are not only uh, different about being a musician here in Orlando, but some of the common experiences that you had in becoming musicians, um, specifically in Orlando and getting to know each other? Not becoming musicians in Orlando, but uh, getting oh. into the scene here. Getting you, into the scene? Yeah. Did you find it? So uh, you both went to college, Beatrice. You went to school in Manhattan. Uh, Natalie, you went to school in Michigan. Correct. When you were coming back, uh, sort of, were you already connected to the uh, to the music scene here in Orlando? So you knew people and it was easy enough to find gigs and stuff? Or did you have to go to a lot of rehearsals? Did you have to go to a lot of um, uh, performances and get to know people and things like that? I also, I, I started school here, um, so I knew a lot of people from UCF, mm-hmm. uh, so that helped, I guess, coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, we had already started the festival and... The Accidental Music yeah, Festival. Yeah, that had yep. already happened before we went to New York. Um, so we still kind of had like a foot here, like mm-hmm. a footing, and knew people and we're still making gigs happen. I think we just mainly make our own gigs 
as I do, like in Orlando. Um, I don't think I, I don't really play with the fill. And when I do play, it's usually not in Orlando. Like if they ask me to play somewhere, it's like Tampa. Mm. Uh, okay. Which is interesting. But. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I had contacts here. I had taken uh, lessons with uh, the principal clarinetist, Nikolai. I had taken lessons with him one summer during undergrad. Uh, and then the next summer he told me to audition for their sublist. So I've been playing with them for seven or eight years now, um, on and off. So I've had that contact, luckily. Um, and coming back from Michigan was fairly easy to get, like, some work playing. I was... I played more once I moved back here than I ever did up in Michigan, like, paying me-wise. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... So moving back here was probably a really good choice. And what is Orlando like for classical music? Oh, no, kind of a diverse. little more of a mo loaded question than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like there, there are opportunities. It's, yeah, it's not something a lot of people think of whenever they think, like outside of Orlando. Um, oh, sure. Think of Orlando. Most people think Disney theme parks typical like touristy things um so i think when a lot of people move here initially from out of state or out of town mm -hmm. that's what they focus on for a while and don't quite realize there's other stuff going on culturally um but i think there's an incredible potential here to be tapped for audiences for any kind of music performance, but especially in the classical or contemporary classical vein. Do you feel like, so the musicians, there's a critical mass of musicians, there's a critical mass of talent, is the audience catching up? We don't have that critical mass of the audience yet. I think so. I, I just think, think it's, it's very too. spread. Yeah. Um, like you have the classical musicians near UCF, and I think the people who live by there would primarily go see like Guitar Night or... Uh, some people would go to juries, or not juries, the Tuesday recitals in the auditorium oh, yeah. that the students would put on, or there's recitals that kids, that the students give, not kids, they're adults, uh, that the students give. And um, I imagine it's the same at Rollins. It's similar at Stetson. Mm -hmm. um, then there's like the OPO, and that's its own world. And a lot of people mm -hmm. go out there. A lot of people are members. And uh, there's also events at the Dr. Phillips Center with like touring artists that come through. Yeah. Um, there, you know, churches have their own concert series. There's the Bach Festival. There's a lot of things happening. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think there's a lot of musicians as well. Yeah. So. So when you're going to shows or you're actually performing, do you look out in the audience or do you look at the people next to you and go, we could use a few more people or it's getting there? Like, have you seen an evolution in terms of the participation level on the audience side since you've been performing here? I feel like at my own shows, yeah. Like, yeah. But I think it's it's always been pretty decent. Like yeah. I don't think it's really been like a lacking. I've noticed, audience. at least from the shows that I've been going to for Orlando Phil, when I'm not playing with them, um, especially since Eric has been hired, I've noticed a change in demographic, for mm -hmm. lack of a better there's younger phrase. People. Yeah, there's been a lot more younger. Folk. It's not the typical, quote, sea of white hair that most people ex 
like come to expect you for kind of classical, expect that for, yeah, yeah for the usual classical, classical music because yeah. people in that generation grew up. I mean, for example, watching Bernstein's Young People's concerts, like those were published or broadcast on PBS. You mm-hmm. know, everyone had ready access to it. And not that there's not ready access now. It's just there's so much ready access that I think a lot of parents don't know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just being able to, you know, turn PBS on, which they can still do, but actually think, make the effort to go out. Yeah, and see I some, think yeah. there needs to be more update in media and how classical ensembles approach it. Um, but I think orchestras are starting to realize that, yeah. As, especially as of the past few years. Well, let's leave so. it there for now because I do want to dig into that a little bit more uh, as well. But we have to take a break. The first hour is over. And unfortunately, I only got to about half my questions. <laughs> so I'll tally up the score again because that was some, those were some good answers. And so I want to make sure you get credit for your points. And the work that you put into this, obviously, you did a lot of background <laughs> in terms of becoming a musician, spending years and years doing that, just so that you could be on the show today. Yes. So, very nice job there. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree on WPRK. We'll be right back with uh, bad business ideas, more with Beatrice and uh, Natalie from Alterity Chamber Orchestra, and much more. So, stay tuned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you should do too. Is during breaks of classical and like in between songs you, you guys should look out the audience and i'll say stay tuned got it that's just the suggestion yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> swab your oboe and cry <laughs> that does sound like a euphemism for something so okay great uh we'll continue right after this Ratatat on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was El Pico from their self-titled album. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This is uh, Monday morning. I do this every week from 7 to 9, and every week I have some amazing special guests. This week, no exceptions. They're looking at me wide-eyed. They're surprised (laughs) as if they never been called wonderful and amazing before. Mm -mm. Or maybe wonderful and amazing guests. Maybe even called wonderful and amazing in life, but just not as radio guests. Yes, yeah, is new. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Totally good. Beatrice. Yes. Oboe. Yes. Natalie. Hi. Clarinet. Mm-hmm. Alterity Chamber Orchestra. Not only Alterity Chamber Orchestra, but a bunch of different uh, venues and other things that you play for here in town. So you're here because of Alterity Chamber Orchestra, though. Correct. And so before we get to talking more about that, your experiences as musicians, going to college, all of those things. We have to do bad business ideas. So uh, tell me what you think. I want to get your opinion as musicians of my theme song. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Is that you singing? Uh, no, it is not. Oh. Yeah, we're not going to do that. I paid somebody to do that for me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great thank great. you. So, bad business ideas. Can you describe them as startups? Sure. No, these are start downs. Oh. These are or stop downs. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of startups are. 
So before we get to your choices, basically this is a game we play where I'll give you two bad business ideas and you have to choose one. And then Alterity Chamber Orchestra has to run with it. Okay, got it. So I don't know if you saw in the fine print on the website that you're legally obligated to actually take the winner and do it. Okay. So by the time yeah. the concert rolls around on the 26th, your debut concert rolls around on October 26th, what I'll expect is for you to roll that out there. Perfect. So, well, And that could help fund not only Alterity Chamber Orchestra and future concerts, but also me. Yeah. Because I'm still technically part owner of it. <laughs> I just don't take any of the responsibility. Mm -hmm. I don't invest any of the seed money. And if anything happens where you guys get sued, uh, that's not me either. Got okay. it. Okay. Sounds Great. Good. Yeah, uh, before sounds we totally get fair. to, <laughs> yeah, it does for me. Before we get to your choices, get your. I wanted to get your opinion on uh, a potential bad business idea. See if it has that new car idea smell and the fake leather seats. Okay. So NASA, as you're familiar with, mm -hmm. uh, is doing research on sending people to Mars. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. So basically they're locking people into self-contained biospheres to see how they do. Mm -hmm. uh, so they just let a group out, or I mean, they didn't just let them out, but they were in locked in one in Hawaii, basically in this uh, terrain that's very much like Mars uh, in, a, in a lava canyon volcano sort of situation. I don't think it was a live one. I think that would be a little much. But they had to grow their own food. Mm. They had to eat uh, freeze-dried stuff. If they went outside, they had to wear spacesuits. Mm. If they were communicating with the outside world, they had a 20-minute delay back and forth because that's how it would be. Uh, so they recycled their own waste, which is gross, but whatever. Uh, so they learned a lot about the type of people that are going to go on these prolonged missions and they probably learned a lot about themselves, too, the, the people who were in there. Some of it may have even been fun, right? Like going yeah. to a Japanese steakhouse restaurant and sitting down at that communal table and being trapped there. Do you ever feel trapped when you're at that one of those things? Mm. That's just me. Okay. I don't know if when they start cooking because then you can't leave because they're doing yeah. a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about hibachi, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Totally trapped at those uh, tepin tables, I think they're yeah. called. Uh, you have a fun. So this is a fun destination is what I'm thinking. Uh, people have to stay for a certain number of days. There are tons of activities because you have to stay alive. So you have a lot of stuff to do. Uh, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Camp or reality show? Mm. Camp. Reality show. Theme park, Airbnb, team building, reality show, networking, educational facility all rolled into one. Hmm. So yeah. you have to stay there. You wouldn't know who you were staying with. I'd go. And you get to maybe, again, learn something about yourself. Personal growth. Yeah. So what would you want to say for eight months? Is it free? <laughs> no, I mean, we'd have to make money on it. I guess we might be able to get NASA to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you're for this, raise your hands. Or if the reality show is a yeah, thing, the reality show would then pay for all oh, the yeah, advertisement... In okay. pay for the whole event. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to put that in the maybe pile for a future bad business idea. I'm going to flesh it out a little bit more, mm -hmm. see if a future guest wants to run with it. Yeah. Alterity Chamber Orchestra. May I call you Alterity Chamber Orchestra? Yes. Yeah, sure. Great. Did you ever carpool when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. Riding in a carpool, going to school, a bunch of kids in the car, that sort of thing. No, Does buses the for bus the most part. Count? It was just me and my no. dad. You and your dad, <laughs> you know. rode the bus. Yeah. So I carpool three kids in the morning, uh, my my two kids and then another kid and I'm taking them to school. And sometimes it's just complete silence. 
So it's not fun. They're either reading or they're on their devices or they're trying to finish their homework. Mm -hmm. But when we get talking and laughing, it's kind of fun. So what I was thinking about, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, when I write, when I get to write, when I'm not at my job and I'm writing, I'm writing for the show. Mm -hmm. So guests like you can have all this wonderful, you know, content that I'm throwing your way because it's, it's wonderful. It's so great. Uh, So you're welcome, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So I don't have time to write material for the car, for the carpool. Or do I? Maybe. No, I don't. Okay. But (laughs) maybe this is a new business opportunity. So instead of carpool, we're going to call it car rule. You get new jokes and topics every day as a parent that you can kind of spout off. Hopefully you're not checking your phone while you're driving, but you could do that as well. And not just like the super juvenile flatulence jokes, Mm -hmm. like really good stuff. I've relied way too many times on flatulence. Do you remember Jokes. that cube printer that was supposed to happen where it would like print your oh, daily little, news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just print you just have one out. of those in your car and, and it, it just, just prints out some out. jokes and like topics for that. the age group. Like if you have eight to 12, like. What are some topics if you were eight to 12 that kids want to talk about? Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> what do kids like? Uh, Instagram? I guess. Instagram, I so we'll talk about are, taking pictures. Yeah, I was talking about what's your best your best lighting, best okay. angle. Got it. What's your favorite filter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess cartoons. Yeah. I still like cartoons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So I we got some no content idea. topics. Yeah. Natalie, what about uh, older kids? What would you talk to them about if mm. you had a carpool? Or let's go younger. Mm. Let's go younger kids. Younger kids? Yeah. So like six to eight. What are you talking to them about? Dirt. Dirt. <laughs> I like it. Like celebrity gossip and... No, just or actual, like, just like playing outside. The texture. Tell me your adventures. And the taste of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What dirt is the best to eat? What dirt is the best <laughs> not to eat? Where can like you find it. the best worms? True. Oh, That's yeah. Good, plus good to know. Yeah. That is good to know. That's Very some, good to know. some good information. Okay. So that's car rule. That's idea number one. So before you answer, before you say, yeah, I want to do car rule, just wait. Because <laughs> there's a second one. People. People who need people. Are, are they the luckiest are they, people? Are they the luckiest people in the world? Mm, some would say. No, they're not. Yeah. So let's help with that. I don't know if you Barbara guys know this. Say. Barbara, she might say it. Uh, and I know she's a longtime listener, so I don't want anybody to think <laughs> that we're in any way making fun of her. The pedestal on which I put Miss Streisand mm-hmm. can't even fit in this building. Yeah. yeah. Way too high. Yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of dating apps, as you may know. Beatrice, probably less so. Yeah. Natalie, maybe. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of dating apps. On one end of the spectrum, you just swipe. You know, you got those. On the other end, you get asked a lot of questions and there's some sort of magic algorithm that connects you with the right person. What about in the middle? More savvy than a swipe, but not as analytical as an algorithm. Because an algorithm sounds very cold, right? Sounds like I'm going to date a robot, Mm -hmm. which maybe we start that. So let's think about that as well. But our new company, Love Contractually, would come up with new dating apps as often as possible. Uh, Not only because of the fickle, fickle dating public, which they are, let's face it, but also to stay ahead of the authorities. Because maybe some of the stuff we're doing, it may not be 100% ethical or legal, which is a good sign of a bad business idea. Just some initial ideas for this dating app. Let me throw these by you. Uh, dating app, there's also a real estate app. 
So you can swipe right, but you're swiping right on houses that you like. And then you go there for the open houses and maybe you meet your mate. Because you're not hunting a house. You're hunting home. Oh, dang. Yeah. (laughs) I like taglines a lot. Uh, college, College classes can sometimes be a little bit stressful. So you're taking a college class anyway. Mm. You might be single. Let's get those really stressful classes, whether they're math or biology. Let's just make them all singles. Because mm-hmm. what's better to bring people together than, you know, a really, really stressful situation? And from what I understand, those relationships, they last. Mm-hmm. When you're thrown together in an algebra class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have never heard of anybody who got together in algebra class not being together at this point in their lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mostly because I've never mm-hmm. heard of anybody doing that. Uh, a lot of other groups out there that are kind of overlooked. So, for example, Diamond Thieves. So, what if you were to, you know, post a job out there, post a uh, diamond thieving job, mm-hmm. and you would get two people and you would say, okay, you're both interested in this job, case the joint together, break in together, steal it together, and then... You get the money. So not only you have some seed money for potential relationship, we get to work together and see if you're a good match. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And if one or both of you get caught, you're not a good match. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. That's, I think, indicative of a good match right there. So that's love contractually. So you have two choices, love contractually or uh, car rules. I like Which actually, now that I think about it, car rules sounds like you have rules within the car. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is the car rules. rules. Yeah. With and Z. you have to be yeah. car rules. Car rules. Uh-huh. With a Z. So like <laughs> different emphasis. Yeah. Emphasize the rules. Yeah. With As we segment. all do sometimes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what do you guys think? Do you have any questions on either one? Do you have any other ad- additional ideas for dating apps? I like the college one, but maybe not a whole class of singles, but yeah. like single seats. Oh. So like you have to sit next to us, like you go in. Oh, assigned seating? Well, it's like on the app, you like see who's checked in as a single seat, like as a single person in a seat and you like go sit next to them. Oh, I like it. And see the house one, I I took it in a different direction in that you pick the house that somebody already owns that you want to live in. And then you just start dating the person that owns that house. So you're not necessarily just in a relationship with the person. You're in a relationship yes. with the person's 100%. house. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I don't really you like You do that with pets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like swipe uh, left or right for the dog that they, Why are you we swiping right or left on with? people's pictures and <laughs> their profiles when we can be swiping right or left on their accoutrement? Exactly. Yeah. Think of all the stuff that you could own by proxy. It's an interesting way to go with it, and I am not sure that uh, you're going to be allowed on the app uh, because I feel like we have a single white female situation if that's the case. But, yeah, I like that. I I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. So you both love contractually. Yeah. Great. So we'll write up the paperwork uh, during this break. You both did very well on that. I'll tally (laughs) up some more points. That would be great for a concert. Huh? That would be great for a concert. Yes. seats. Oh, it would be con- that. Would actually, meet an alterity concert. Yeah, find love of your life. Are you guys going to have a single <laughs> section at your concert now? Maybe. To be determined, they should show up and see. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone listening should Everyone show listening up and see. Show up because this is going to be where you meet October twenty sixth. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. We're going to take this offline and we're going to work on this because I think this is a <laughs> brilliant, this idea. brilliant idea. 
You're listening to WPRK <laughs> Winter Park, Florida, and to a certain degree. Uh, so we're going to hear, oh, how about DJ Shadow and Dan the Automator with Bombay 405 miles away. DJ Shadow and Dan the Automator with Bombay 405 miles away. Really like that song because it obviously brings in that uh, Indian sort of uh, Bollywood vibe mm -hmm. uh, to a song. So what I wanted to talk about next, and I'm here, sorry, you're listening to a certain degree. I'm here with Beatrice and Natalie from Alterity Chamber Orchestra and a number of other things, but we're mainly <laughs> focusing on Alterity today. And so if there's anything else you want to talk about, say the opera or any kind of coffee shop in town, you're welcome <laughs> to do that as well. Uh, but something I wanted to talk about is for uh, musicians, for artists in general. And I have a lot of fun doing bad business ideas, but I was watching Portlandia mm -hmm. this weekend. Have you ever seen Portlandia? Yes. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. So I was watching a few episodes. You know, I was watching like a few episodes in a row on uh, a streaming service. They should really have a name for that. Yeah. Or like if you're like with somebody and you're getting kind of intimate and you're watching <laughs> a streaming television show. Like a, a name for cool that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You should watch. You should come up with a name for that. But in any case, what I find is the line between inspiration and frustration is really a fine line for me. And so I was watching that and they do essentially what are bad business ideas on there. So they'll do little skits and stuff about some ridiculous idea. It started out with that put a bird on it mm -hmm. in their very first episode. And they just, it's so wonderful. They do such a good job at it. And I'm writing mine going, why do I even bother? You know, and I finally got over that at about 3 a.m. this morning because I was like, well, they're coming in in two hours. I better get something on paper. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if as musicians, as performers, do you ever find that sometimes when you're listening to somebody else's music, when you're listening to somebody else play um, or as you were growing up when you were practicing and becoming musicians and getting better at your craft? Did that ever come up? And how did you get over that hump if you did? That always comes up. I feel like yeah, every like new album that comes out, I'm just like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, I I mean, I think it's a natural human tendency for mm -hmm. anyone to, despite uh, line of work, to compare yourself to what other people are doing in mm -hmm. your line of work. I mean, it's natural, you know. Um, Unless you're just a complete egomaniac, right? No. Well, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it comes up for me a lot as well. Uh, as musicians, you are trained to listen to the best in your craft. You know, you're trained to seek out who you want to sound like. And, of course, when you're first starting out, you're not going to sound like them. So it's it can be a very frustrating road to start practicing and then compare what you sound like to I don't know the principal of the Cleveland Orchestra mm -hmm. playing the same exact excerpt that you're working on and it's hard to bring the reality that they've been performing for probably as long as you've been alive professionally to that comparison aspect um, but I don't know I've I tend to try to rationalize it with that information. Like, mm -hmm. these people have a lot more experience than me. 
yeah, I'm going to try to compare myself in a good way. Like, this is what I want to emulate and I'm going to work really hard to do that, but kind of leave the negativity at the door. But sometimes just go back hard. to fundamentals, really, yeah. and just you just really have to push through. I've had opposite experiences where I've like I think I was auditioning like for grad school, and I was trying to find recordings of this piece that I was working on, and there's this like eleven year old Russian boy, and he just kills it. Oh <laughs> like, yes, the child, the child, the child prodigies, prodigies are. But he's also in conservatory, and I'm like, this really? kid has like when I was that age, like I had just started the oboe, and like I practiced, like. Yeah. Uh, which was yes. not practicing. It was like I played through my little book and standard of excellence yeah. red book. Well, I had a Essential Elements 2000. Oh, that was one of those. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh man, I think I had those too. Uh, yes. We've got some humble brags going on here with Beatrice. It's going <laughs> to cost you a point right there. I didn't care for that. Well, yeah, the child prodigies are hard because they're so like young, and you're just they're like, so young, and it's. They it's don't really have impressive. the hangups. Yeah, it's it's wonderful because they don't have the hangups. Yeah, they didn't. You know, that they didn't go with. through middle school yet. They don't have that crushing yeah. self doubt. Yeah. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> so so does, it, <laughs> does it warm your heart to think heart to think that they're going to go through that soon and then they'll be crushed? I hope they don't. No. Yeah, I don't want that for. No, I think it's I it's great that they started young and like yeah have that opportunity that to good. do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like most of them go off and do different things. Like I think if you do something that long in your life, yeah, you don't always want to do it anymore when you get to like 25 if you've been like a professional musician from the yeah. age of like six like that's a lifetime like you yeah. might want to do something yeah. else um and then the ones that do go on like you know they're great musicians like it's good to have and it's like i think it's interesting when you like look up to an 11 year old like yeah <laughs> on their technique. you're great and they ask you to buy alcohol that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. oh that's sad <laughs> well hopefully not the 11 year olds i yeah. mean maybe when they're 16 so that's a little bit better. Uh, well, that's interesting because I, I think that, you know, your relationship with your work is, is like that, regardless of what you do. You look at if you're, uh, it doesn't always have to be an artist if you're working in a particular field, like I work in admissions. And mm -hmm. so looking at what other people are doing there and how well they're doing it um, and comparing yourself, it's inevitable, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting how, how you uh, approach it and how you overcome it. So what about um, your college background? Because you mentioned that a little bit in auditioning for, for grad school. Um, did you guys go directly from high school to college? I know, Natalie, you went to FSU and Beatrice, you went to UCF. Mm -hmm. And so did you go right out of high school, right to college? And then it looks like you guys both went directly to graduate school. Yes. Right yes. after your bachelor's degrees. Is that correct? Yes, correct. So very similar experiences mm -hmm. in, in terms of that. Looking back at it, uh, is there anything you would have been or you would have done differently? I would have taken a year off in between undergrad and grad school. Okay. I think the same. Also, uh, I think I would have taken a gap year, honestly, out of, would you say high school and grad school or grad school and undergrad? I think Under, I would have done undergrad both. Undergrad and grad school. Yeah. So you would have been two gaps. Yeah, I would have Take a little more gaps. time Just here take and there. all the time. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have taken a year between undergrad and high school, but definitely between undergrad and grad school. So from a musician's perspective, you both did uh, performing uh, music performance uh, as undergrads. Mm -hmm. I got right? to that point. Yeah. 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 Same. Did you start out that way? Did you know you wanted to do that or was it something that uh, you just, it kind of came up after the fact? 
I did not start in music. I started um, it was molecular microbiology. I wow. wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to go pre med, and I should have known like senior year of high school like that I wouldn't because I had uh, AP Bio in the morning, and I dropped it <laughs> for AP Ceramics. So, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna say that that is. I would not say that's your fault because all the studies say that if you want uh, you want students to learn, not especially at the high school level, you do not put any classes before 10 a.m. It was like yeah. it was, you know, 7 a.m. And it was they started each class with a quiz. And I'm like, oh. you want me to go home after like my band and like all this stuff, like read all these chapters and get ready for the next day quiz. I'm like, you're insane. So I took AP Ceramics and it was like my best decision. Uh, it was fantastic. I made so many teapots. So. <laughs> Do you still have them all? Yeah, they're my mom's. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> so, okay, so you got to college, you started taking some of those classes, and the music I missed uh, it. Got to you, yeah, yeah. Um, I stayed in like marching band. And I the just, rhythm got you. The it, rhythm they, was going to get you, yeah, and it got, got you. Yeah, it took okay. me right out for my back. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, that was pretty much right. it. Yeah. And Natalie, what about you? Uh, I knew I wanted to go into performance. It was just, um, a matter of, I didn't have private lessons during high school, which mm -hmm. is kind of a same standard thing I feel for most people going into performance. Um, and I was quite behind develop, like developmentally wise, playing wise. Um, so but you were playing in high school, you were yeah. playing in middle school. Yeah, I had been playing for years, but just never guided playing, I guess, is the best way to yeah. put that. Um, so I auditioned at FSU, and I got into the music school just not as a performance major. So I got, I had to be an undeclared major. Okay. Um until you got I, up to a level that exactly. they could. Yeah, yeah okay. I studied with a really wonderful doctoral student. Um, she just kind of whipped me into shape, went back to basics. So that was a whiplash situation for you. Yes. Where, yeah. Yeah, worked on, like, broke everything down, rebuilt everything back yeah. up. Um, You're talking about you personally? Yes. Yes, okay. Both emotionally, <laughs> physically. Spiritually. Amount of times you yeah. cry in lessons. Yes. Oh, yes, so, <laughs> so much crying. Much. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, man. But, but that's yeah. an instrument, too. I mean, crying is an instrument. Yeah. That's that's my instrument. Just getting the emotions choice. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I auditioned and I juried into performance uh, my sophomore year. So you're finishing up college. Uh, at what point did you say, okay, I'm going to go to graduate school? Because you actually... And it's going to sound really dumb on my part and very ignorant, but I didn't know you could do a master's degree in a particular, uh, for a particular instrument. Mm -hmm. So you did oboe and clarinet, uh, mm -hmm. respectively, uh, which is pretty amazing, uh, that you concentrate on it for that long for those two years and probably learn even more than you did in college. Cause college, the undergraduate experience, you're doing a bunch of other things along with your major, mm -hmm. but on the graduate side, is it pretty much just playing your instrument 24 seven? Is it, there's a lot of theory involved in it as well. How does that work exactly? There's still other classes. Yeah. Um, it's like there's a program that you have to go through. So you still have, I think I took like Brazilian music and Indian. You, you can choose what you take. Um, but there there are like more curriculum. Mm -hmm. I had theory as well. Okay. Yeah. Like Every school piano. is 
different in their mm-hmm. requirements, but um, but the point is to give you some perspective. Yeah, on you just... take upper level theory classes okay. or upper level performance classes, um, yeah. and obviously you're still in different ensembles and stuff. So still playing in orchestra, or I did a contemporary orchestra at mm-hmm. Michigan, um, but going to the the graduate school that's kind of I went because that's just kind of a standard thing for musicians wanting to go into performance at least in my mind I understood it to be kind of a standard thing it's like a, if you didn't win a job you go to grad school okay so it's sort of a prerequisite for kind doing of, this yeah just like if you want to be a professor for of like an instrument at a school you have to get your doctorate right. essentially mm-hmm. right um i just needed more time honestly yeah, like, i also I did need more time had a similar experience that. of being like taken back like broken down to basics like there was one semester i couldn't play with vibrato like at all like yeah. jamie was like no vibrato yeah because it was so bad like i had like a goatee like it was just my natural the way it works i didn't have training in high school um so that's just what developed and so it should have like break me down to like back to middle school like mm-hmm. you're not doing anything yeah. And uh, building back up. So I felt like when I finished, like I was at a different level, but I could have gone further. And I still feel like I could go further, but I feel like yeah. on my own, I have to figure out some stuff. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you about, you know, your parents, who I would imagine were very supportive. But was there a concern of what, how are you going to live? Uh, because I think that's the so that's the stereotype that mm-hmm. we work with when it comes to musicians and artists and theater majors. Mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the that starving artist ideal. Uh, so you're going to be out there sort of struggling to make ends meet and do those things. Uh, what did your parents think? And, and what would you say to somebody who's either a parent now of somebody who uh, might be have a kid who's playing music? Uh, and as I point my thumbs to myself, or uh, as a student who's going into college thinking, well, I need to do business, but my passion is this. It's weird because I wasn't very good when I decided to switch, and my parents thought I was going to be a doctor. Like, so that's like a, that's a weird setback. Like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the oboe. So like, we compromised on an ed degree. So when I switched from uh, molecular microbiology, I went to music education because at least like I would be an educator. Fall like back I would on ha- that. I'd yeah. be a teacher. Um, and then I decided I didn't want to do that. Like I did one summer camp where I had kids from the age of three to twelve. And I had to teach them music and like a, it was, it was horrendous. It was like eight weeks of just, it was awful. Um, so not for me. And when I switched, it's just. It's good that you found that out. Yeah, it's good yeah. I found that out before I finished that degree. Um, it's just like, if you're passionate about it, you're going to work at it and you're going to mm-hmm. generally figure out how to get things done and figure out your life. I think in any profession, really, if you're not passionate and actively looking, like you can graduate and not get a job. You know, yeah. like it's it's really and anything I think these days, like nothing's guaranteed work. Right, regardless of what you graduate yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. So like I wasn't very good, but I feel like I worked really hard for the last like seven, eight years and I feel mm-hmm. like I'm at a place where I can I can do it. I still need to grow more. Um, but I like I'm at the point where my parents are like, No, we're happy for you. Like they they got over it. This was the right decision. Yeah, like yeah. after I think it was my senior recital, they were like, Oh no, like we're proud of you, like you're doing a good job and I think they kind of got less worried about my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably saw that if you're, you know, dispassionate about being a doctor, somebody comes to you for something, you're like, yeah, whatever, yeah. here's a prescription. Yeah. 
Okay. You weren't. Yeah, that's how. And if you're not a passionate doctor, people die. Like, yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah, it's terrifying. Natalie, how about you? What would you say, or what did you say to uh, your own parents when you made this decision? Um, As if this is like the worst decision in your life. But I'm just curious about it because mm -hmm. I think that it, it's it is in people's head of you know I'm becoming a musician. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm very lucky in that my parents were happy when I told them I was going into music. They just wanted to get you out of the house. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Um, no, I'd been kicking around some like ideas my senior year. Uh, I wanted to do like psychology or go into law, but I'm terrible at arguing, so that would have been a, a bad, bad choice for me. I'm like super non-confrontational so that would have been a terrible idea um and i'd all, already always been like super involved in band uh throughout high school my parents were like band parents um and kind of just realized that's what i wanted to do and i told my parents and my mom was like oh good we were hoping that you would figure that out essentially um so I was very lucky in that they've always been super supportive. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say if you are going into music, like 100% good for you. Like if you're passionate about it, go for it because you're not going to have any more fun than like playing your instrument. When you're on stage. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why it's called a performance high. You know, it's mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, but it is a hard road and you have to realize that especially now, um, it's not super feasible to make a living just performing, mm -hmm. you know, no, it's tough. you either have to be really good at hustling and like just willing to drive everywhere and take any gig that you can, or you need to figure out another form of employment that has a steady Steady income, steady income schedule. that can supplement your yeah. performance, which especially with the flexible schedule, yeah, which is Stuff. not the easiest to find, but they're out there. Jobs mm -hmm. are out there, um, and if you want it hard, like if you want it bad enough, you'll figure it out. Mm. And luckily, when you're when you're broke and you can't go out, you can yeah, practice. exactly. <laughs> Use that time wisely. Yeah. That's what you do. You you can't go out, got no money. At the end of the month, you're like, practice. well, got a couple more weeks. Just going to yeah. practice. Oh, yeah. that's a really good idea. Yeah. So that's where the starving artist comes in. Mm -hmm. Got it. I like that. I, that's good advice. So everybody out there, spend all your money in the first <laughs> half of the month and then that practice. Inspiration hits. Yes. The second half. Yeah. Yes. And ramen yes. hits yeah. as well. Ugh. Hits hard. Yes. All right. And on that note, let's play another song and uh, <laughs> we will play some Cigarros. And I wanted to play them. This is from their, uh, it was originally an untitled album and all the tracks were untitled. So what I liked about this was, uh, and they call it, uh, they're from Iceland, mm -hmm. uh, but instead of singing uh, in Icelandic, which they do on some uh, songs and they sing in English in some songs, they actually called this Hopelandic because it's not in any particular language. So they sort of made it up nice. for this album. Um, and so this kind of inspired me to think of, or I was listening to this and thinking of the show and thinking of how you interpret music and, and things of that nature. So this was very much in that line. So we'll hear that. This is uh, their entitled work number three.
So it's the third track on this on the album yes. on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Sigur Rós on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. That was track number three from their untitled album. Uh, all the tracks were untitled. They actually came up with the names afterwards and put them online, but. I didn't remember to look them up. My name is Nick. You're listening to Certain Degrees. I may have mentioned already, but this is the end of the show, unfortunately. I could talk to Natalie and Beatrice all day, but we have to get out of here because Bess Hour and Ricardo Williams are here with Smarketing News. And so they'll be coming up here after a song and a short break. But just from our perspective, Alterity Chamber Orchestra. Let's talk one more time about the places that we can hear you guys coming up. Yes. So, October 21st? October 21st, we're going to be playing at Immerse, uh, which is what the new name for Creative the City Project. Yep. of Creative City. Yep. The actual event is Immerse. Yes. And Is that the theme? Is it still Creative City Project, or is it... I think the foundation is still Creative City Project, but I think the event, the event is, is called, called Immerse, Immerse. Okay. I believe is what... And that'll be downtown Orlando. A lot of amazing things are going to be happening over there, um, including uh, you all playing... What is and we described it in the first hour. If you missed anything, we'll uh, uh, we'll have this online as a podcast later on. But it sounds like a partly sort of improvised uh, piece. Sounds mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, it should it's be fun. a piece by Julius Eastman mm -hmm. um, called "Stay on It," which is a pretty jamming piece for nice. flexible instrumentation. Yeah. For us, it's like pretty upbeat. Yeah, exciting, danceable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're doing a collaboration with Null State, um, and they do like. Audiovisual, they do live coding. And oh stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it should be. We're still fleshing out all the details, but it should be very exciting. Yeah, very nice. Visually, yes. Very nice. And then uh, the twenty sixth is the big event, October twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah. It's the first full chamber orchestra event. It'll be held at Factor at seven thirty. Yes. Uh, tickets are online. Four pieces that you're doing in that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be pretty remarkable. Be reprising the Eastman piece. Okay. And then kind of the big headliner is we're doing John Adams' Son of Chamber Symphony. So Very nice. That's a pretty And big. where can people go to learn more about Alterity, follow you guys, and get the tickets, more, most importantly? Yeah, we have a website. It's uh, www.alteritico.org. Um, Alterity spelled A L. A-L-T-E-R-I-T-Y Alterity So Correct. Yep. And then We're on Instagram We are on Instagram as Alterity.co The co stands for Chamber Orchestra Correct Yes And It's not a Yeah, yeah, yeah It's not a URL extension Yes And we also have a Facebook page under that same name Okay Yeah That's perfect Any other shows, concert things happenings, uh, meetings that you have this week that you wanted to talk about, or you want to maybe uh, ask me ideas for like different things, like icebreakers at those meetings? We have a quintet concert on the 15th oh, okay. well, that, of October. Also, you could do that, yeah. yeah. The, Alterity Win, uh, the Alterity Wind Quintet. Okay. We're both performing uh, music by CF2 Composers, which is the Central Florida Composers Forum. Oh, nice. Um, so it's all new works. Jen, I think they're all premieres. Yeah. And um, where's premieres. that going to be? That is going to be at the Timakua White House oh, on nice. Sunday night. The 15th at 7.30. Yes. The 15th. So this is a busy month for you guys. Yes, yeah. it's a very busy month. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. Okay, so let me tally up the score real quick. Oh, yeah. I have to say... drum roll? No, I don't think we need a drum roll. I don't think it's that dramatic. But 
Uh, Natalie, you did win. Oh. Yeah, and the reason for that <laughs> is that she yeah. can provide. She got the most points uh, out for being able to provide free coffee at some point. Oh, so I apologize, Beatrice, but uh, I, I'm not really sure if you could do that. No. Uh, so then, no, you did not win. <laughs> So, Natalie, you're officially my favorite for this episode. Hooray. I'm going to run around now. All right. There she goes. Oh, she's running the pitter-patter of little feet. May not translate to the radio. Oh, there it is. There it is. I said little feet. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> wearing some clodhoppers there for a second. Uh, so let's listen to one more song, and then we're going to turn it over to Bess and Ricardo for Smarketing News. And we have something that I forgot to do was turn to the page of the music. That is not the right day. Uh, uh, Ulrich Schnass or Jimmy Smith? What do you guys want to listen to? Ulrich Schnass. Okay. We're going to listen to that. That is uh, Far Away Trains Passing By on WPRK. Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to A Certain Degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. To learn more about Alterity and their schedule of shows, please visit alteritycode.org. That's A-L-T-E-R-I-T-Y-C-O.org. And if you have time after that, make sure to stop by to a certain degree.com. That's T O A certain degree.com. I'm spending a lot of time spelling web addresses. Might as well add the HTTP colon slash slash www dot. Thanks for listening all the way to the HTTP colon slash slash www dot end. Period.